Good. Well, let's draw together again. Um, do your very best in this temperature to give me your full attention and energy. I'm, I'm struck this morning by how completely inadequate I feel for the word that I believe God's brought me to share with you. Um, I have very few notes. I just have what the Lord has put on my heart. Um, in fact, I think it's impossible for me to share what God has got for me. I can only plead with him that he will make it a revelation to you because I know full well that I have very little of myself to bring. If, if you saw the notes beforehand on the screen, it's about and it being an empowered community. An empowered community. And I, if I look at, I said, I shared when earlier on in the meeting when we were talking about something, how um, you've driven to Pitsy to meet with God. I'd like you just to listen to that sentence in your head for a minute. I drove to Pitsy to meet with God. Run the tape. It's, you know, just put that all together. And, and then, you see, what, what troubles me slightly with, with that is that we've, we've come together to have an encounter with the living God. Haven't we? That's what we have chosen to do. And we've left our homes and we've, some of us have, almost dragged the kids kicking and screaming. <laughs> and it's, it's that some, some of you have um, left challenging circumstances. And, and in your head, you've got all the stuff that's going on about after this, you know, when you leave. You know, and, and we've, we, we've, I mean, that, that I had this image, you know, that, I would call upon the Lord and he would fall upon us and, and it would be that, like that moment, you know, you, you get the situation where somebody's lying flat on the floor and they're going, more Lord, more, bless you Father, thank you, more, more. And you know, and there's a, the, the power of God. And then two minutes later they get up and they're going back, okay, you've got the bags, let's go. We've got, we've got to get home for dinner, right? If you've got your stuff, okay, fine. I, I want some more milk, yeah, okay, fine. You know, and it's all the stuff going on and you've, you've, you've just a minute ago been on the floor having an encounter with the living God. It seems completely absurd to me. But somehow God seems to be able to do that. It's, but I have to ask us to what depth are we moving in that and you know, there's lots of really great things about Living Word Community Church, aren't there? There are lots of really great things about Living Word Community Church. And we shared on, on Wednesday with the church that was, a good proportion of the church that was there at Church House on Wednesday evening. And we were talking about the things that we need and the things that we are and the things that we're involved with. But actually, what I discovered when I was thinking about this particular area is how much we feel the lack of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the church. Sue, Sue Warrington challenged me the other day. Shook me to thy core. Sue, you challenged me. And you said, we need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the church. We do, don't we? 
what are we if we are not an empowered people? Okay, if we're not an empowered people, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm packing my bag and I'm going home. Because there's no point. And I, I feel like um, I can't make it happen. I can only plead for revelation for myself and for you. Yeah? That's all it can be. It can't be anything else but revelation. Can it? And, and, and I guess the other thing I can do is I can challenge you and provoke you this morning to begin to look for yourself a way your life's got to. You know, it worked. It's fine. We come here on a Sunday morning. It's really good. Lovely facilities. Great people. Lovely kids. It's wonderful. Is it fulfilling the purposes of God in our generation? Is it breaking open the heavens and seeing people saved and healed? We've seen some. Yeah, we've seen some. And there's the, there is testimony of the love and power of God at work among us. But, is on the end of that sentence, it can only be a but. I am unsatisfied, dissatisfied, or whatever it is. And I was looking in the Word, and I, I, I came across a passage which just again shook me. So I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians. So if you could turn there, please. 2 Corinthians, chapter 3. In fact, I'm going to start just above that. It's in the, the last few verses of chapter 2. Um, go from verse 14 of chapter 2. It's quite a long passage, so please don't fall asleep on me. I hope you've been provoked by what I've already said. There's an opportunity here. How shall I say this? There is an opportunity for every single one of us to hear a revelation from the living God this morning for their life. Wherever you're up to, whatever stage of the journey you're on, whether you don't understand very much or whether you understand much, it's not about that. It's about what God does in our hearts. Let me read from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You know that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. 
Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved on letters of stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. That's an astonishing set of verses, isn't it? And actually quite hard. But I'm going to go right back to the bit where I started off. When I um, go into the gym, I uh, know immediately when I go into the changing rooms, I'm in the gym. <laughs> because of the smell. Yeah? The smell. Um, for me, it's the smell of guys, and it's not always great. Uh, um, and then... Every now and then, there's a guy who will have got too much brute whatever, and he will have sprayed himself. The smell is a human uh, sense, which is incredibly powerful, isn't it? When somebody has got bad BO, we know it, don't we? When somebody comes in, um, I think it was your lovely wife the other week, Chris, came into the office (laughs) with, with, with a beautiful new perfume, which you must have bought her, I'm sure. Um, and, and I commented on it, didn't I? I remember saying, what a lovely smell. <laughs> what a lovely perfume is probably what I said, actually. <laughs> and we know it, too. When, when, when somebody walks into a room and they've got a very strong perfume on, we know their presence. Okay. The image that Paul uses at the beginning of those passage verses that I read um, was this, that we are the fragrance of Christ everywhere we go okay so if I ask any one of you to step out into that hallway there you are the fragrance of Christ in that setting Actually, I've said it to the church before every room we go in we are Christ there we are we are Christ Jesus our Lord in that setting there isn't Anybody, I mean, there might be another Christian there, in which case you can share the burden. But hey, that's not the point, is it? The point is that we have to be Christ. 
you are the fragrance of Christ. And if you are not the fragrance of Christ, what on earth are you? B.O. Paul describes it wonderfully. He says, we are the fragrance um, of Christ to those that are perishing and to those who are being saved. Do you know what I love about that? Continuous tense. Continuous tense. What do I mean by that? Perishing. Not perished yet. Perishing. You can be the fragrance of Christ to the perishing. And so they are not perished. You can also be the fragrance of Christ to those who are being saved. Who are not saved yet but I can be the fragrance of Christ to this man and hopefully encourage him and build him and disciple him. And so can you. You can be the aroma of Christ. We can be the aroma of Christ to each other. You walk in the room at home, Pete walks in, he's had a bad time, and you can be the fragrance of Christ to him. We can be the fragrance of Christ to each other and lead people from a place of darkness to a place of light. And that's where Paul starts us, as that what we are. Are we that? Are we the fragrance of Christ? Are you the fragrance of Christ? Let's go to those, some of those other verses. I want to go down the page, actually, to... Um, this business about being a letter as well. Um, this is a difficult bit of the, bi of the Bible, this. This is, this is talking about um, some stuff which, if you're not kind of a biblical scholar, you might get lost in. So I've, I've, I've kind of cut through all the kind of difficulty. And I'm going to say it this way, all right? That it's chaos out there, isn't it? Yeah? We all agree it's chaos out there. God knew it was chaos out there. And what did he do about it? What did he do first? What was the first thing he did about it after the flood and what we get to Moses? And what did he do at that point? Sorry? He sent some laws. That's right. Laws written on tablets of stone. Yes? And that's what um, Paul is talking about here. Yeah? Okay, in this passage, he's talking about the fact that his answer to chaos was to bring law. But it was only what you might describe as a transitional solution. It was part of the journey. He knew there would have to be more. Why? Why does there have to be more than that? We can't keep it. We're rubbish at keeping laws. Are you rubbish at keeping laws? I am absolutely rubbish at keeping laws. Human beings are absolutely rubbish at keeping laws. Jesus teased us in his gospels by saying, you know, um, we say there's a barrier here. I, if I, what was it he said? He talked about um, if, if a guy comes along and says, um, walk with me one mile or carry my bag one mile, you carry it too. I can see the twinkle in his eye. As everybody realized, you know, this, this stuff that the Jews were piling on, the law was piling on, was just 
completely outside of our capability. We can't do it. We can't do it. I can't anyway. If you can, okay. I can't. But the wonderful, wonderful, amazing, fantastic thing that was done by sending Jesus was that it changed that and he wrote a new covenant. And where do you write that? Yeah, on our heart. He didn't write it on stone. So we don't have to try anymore. We have to love. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a law of love, if anything. We're now a letter. I talked about a minute ago about being the aroma. But now we have the the law of Christ written not we don't carry it around in a book like a you know great big evangelist of days of old with a black book walking into a room here's the word of God it's not like that anymore you just we are it we're we're the aroma of Christ we are what Jesus intends it for bringing about do you hear me here we are what Jesus intends to bring about the kingdom of God with. We are his vessels. He talks later on about treasuring jars of clay. We are this. Okay. Let's look at verse 7 and 8. Now, if the ministry that brought about death, which is, was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of his glory fading, though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit even be more glorious? Now, what we're getting here is a comparison between the glory of what was Moses and what is now. Can you just stick with me for a second as I just remind you that when the law was given... Moses came down the mountain with the Ten Commandments and his face shone. They couldn't actually look at him. And that was the law. Okay. It faded away, but every time he went up the mountain, his face shone. And Paul, what Paul's saying here is, come on, if, if a rubbish... No, sorry, Father, I don't mean that. If a transitional way of dealing with our situation... Was glor so glorious it made people's faces shine. Just imagine what it must be like, or should be like, now. And let's look at those the verses that really say this very well. If you can really stay with me, it's verse nine. If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, the law, how much more glorious is the ministry? that brings righteousness for what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory and if what was fading away came with glory how much greater is the glory of that which lasts all right 
you're with me, are you following this? Yeah? Okay. If you're not, please have a chat with me afterwards and we'll just talk it through again. Because what I'm, where I'm going with this is that we have a ministry. Okay? We have a ministry to be what? Aroma. The aroma of Christ. How can we do that? How can we be that? Because what God has placed in our hearts is glorious. If we will allow it to be, if we will be the people that God has called us to be, we need to plead with God, plead with him, that we might have a revelation of the glory of God in our lives. We cannot do this on our own. We cannot do this. I can't do this. All right? I'm standing here telling you I can't do it. I can't be a decent pastor. I can't be a decent minister of the word. I can't do it. If you think you can be a minister of grace, if you can be you think you can be the aroma of Christ, then I'm sorry, you're downright mistaken. You can't do it. You need a revelation of the glory of God in your life. A revelation of this ministry that Paul speaks about. And how, where does he go with it? How does he take us there? Well, he takes us to that bit just beyond there where he's talking about the veil. Because he's saying that we need to be exposed to, to open our lives to the profound and wonderful experience of the presence of God. Which means you've got to get rid of the rubbish. You've got to get before him and say, Father, it's all for you. It's the bow down. It's the open up. It's the preparing us to be and willing to be open to his ministry. I just want to make a point here about motivation. Because we are called to demonstrate the love of God powerfully. The problem for us, the problem for us is that we sometimes get mixed up about why. You know, um, Living Word Community Church is great. But God isn't interested in the glory of Living Word Community Church. Is he? He has only one motivation, one motivation alone, and that is the glory of his name. I am the Lord your God. Worship me only. I am a jealous God. There will be no other gods before me. Yes, that's still true. You might think, well, hang on a minute, that sounds a bit off, really. But it's not. It's absolutely, you know why? Because if there are any uh, if there's anything else if we don't worship God we're worshipping something else <laughs> aren't we that's why God is so passionate for his name it's because he knows that his purposes are good and his purposes will achieve all that he created the world for. So if, if we serve any other motive, if our motive, however laudable, might be, well, I'd just like to honor this bit or that bit. If we're not honoring God, if our motivation is not God, 
then it's something else. I think that's the thing I'd like to, to stress, really, that if it's not God, then it's something else. And that's why God's a jealous God. And I don't have a problem with that. Because he is wonderful. You know, the great thing about all of this is that you and I have seen, I know some of you have seen more than others, but in our lives, we have seen God move, haven't we? Powerfully. Yeah, we have. Powerful moves of God. We've seen people healed powerfully. We've seen people's lives changed, haven't we? Powerfully. And I look at what we are now and I think, Father, would you do it again? And there's a bit in me which says, if I was God, why? And I ask the question that, that because there's been so much rubbish, hasn't there? There's been so much success, so much of man, so much emotionalism, some of us here are a bit more susceptible to those kind of feelings than others. You know, we, we look at the stuff on the telly, we look at the stuff that's gone on in the past, and we go, oh, that's all a bit emotional. But you know, God is prepared to look beyond that and still pour out his spirit. You know? Because he's prepared to take the risk with you, Alec, Terry. All of us. He's prepared to take the risk of bestowing his power upon us. He's prepared to do it. He will do it. He will. If we're prepared to open our lives to him, he does choose to use us. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. I long for us to be an empowered, unveiled people. 